Markey's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's the Mark K Show. Listen, like, share. This is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. Hey, what's up, man? Big data. Holy cow. So much has been going on since we last spoke, which was, I don't know, yesterday. By the way, the podcast is off the off the hizzy. Uh, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But first, let's get to... Let's get to the three big things uh, that you need to know today, shall we? Here we go. Three. three. There is major backlash to day two of Streetgate. Day two of Streetgate. And the backlash continues. Meryl Streep is getting a virtual beatdown. We'll tell you who said what and why she probably needs to start apologizing to people. Uh, super pronto. Plus, number two, two. two. Donald Trump does the impossible once again. He's getting a country which is notorious for stealing our jobs to bring jobs back to us. I was supposed to do this story yesterday. I got so wrapped up in Streepkit that I totally forgot. I promise I will get to it today. And one, it's the greatest day in U.S. history. It is the greatest day in U.S. history. I'll tell you why and what can you, you can expect and why after tonight, all of our lives will change for the better. Very exciting. But first, I really think I really feel like we should probably start with Meryl Streep once again, because uh, I'm going to get to all your comments, too, by the way. Uh, Hello to everyone who's already popping in, and I appreciate you being here. And if you're on Facebook, definitely do share this. This is going to be one of the most entertaining episodes ever, because we remade some Meryl Streep movies to be more fitting and more palatable to the audience that she uh, offended at the Golden Globes the other day. I'm going to get to that here in just a second. But definitely, please do share this on Facebook, on Twitter wherever you happen to be. And if you'd like to comment, do so as well. Uh, I will go back at the end of the broadcast and comment on some of those. But but let's start with the latest, shall we? Because, okay, here's what Meryl Streep said again yesterday. And she said a lot at the Golden Globes. She she talked about how Hollywood was being victimized. Uh, foreign press and people were being victimized because they're foreigners. How the media was being victimized. And it was just a, a, a ridiculous statements for anyone to make, but especially someone who is a high paid and very, uh, very successful actress who lives in a, a, you know, basically a gold palace in Hollywood and can do and like, she could do whatever she wants. She could get a meeting with whomever she wants. She can just pick up the phone get get any role or audition that she desires. She's risen to such a high mark in her industry that she has that kind of power. And, you know, and I guess that's why she decided to use the platform of the Golden Globes as a way for her to, to spew off about her politics. But not only did she do that, she ended up, and I think she really shot herself in the foot here, she ended up basically ostracizing a huge portion of the population and really pissing a bunch of people off. The MMA community, the NFL community, Republicans. Here's what, here was the comment, I think, that really hit home with a lot of people and made them super annoyed. What is Hollywood, anyway? It's just a bunch of people from other places. Hollywood is crawling with outsiders and foreigners. And if we kick them all out, you'll have nothing to watch but football and mixed martial arts, which are not the arts. Hopefully you were able to hear that. If you weren't, uh, go ahead and leave a leave him a note in the comments so I know that the audio is not coming. We had a little problem with it again yesterday, but I'm pretty sure that I fixed it. So she went in and she said, you know, hey, look, without us, without Hollywood, without all these foreign actors and foreign directors and foreigners putting together all these movies for you, you would have nothing left to watch but football and MMA. And I'll tell you, a lot of people in the MMA community especially were very upset 
by those remarks, as you can imagine, because here she is trying to defend her own industry, the filmmaking industry, and she attacks mixed martial arts by saying, number one, I guess that what, they're not worth watching, and number two, that they're not actually arts? Man, she got she got a lot of hate on Twitter and on TMZ and elsewhere. Dana White, who is uh, the head of the uh, the UFC, UFC president Dana White, said, called her an uppity 80-year-old lady. Said he wasn't surprised that she's not in the demographic for the sport. He says, I'm not a big fan of golf. That doesn't mean people should stop watching it. If you don't like it, change the channel. Saying something stupid like that is like saying she's not a talented actress, which it is. Did you ever expect the president of the of the UFC to take the high road over a, a very decorated actress like Meryl Streep? This is one of the most bizarre. It's one of the most bizarre and one of the most entertaining stories that I've done in such a long time. And that's why I wanted to hit on it again today, because it's I mean, it's entertaining me for two days straight. Here's something else that happened. a lot of the political uh, a lot of the political talk shows talked about it, too. They they had the Trump uh, people on all of the shows discussing what was what. Kellyanne Conway was one of the first to comment. She was on Fox and Friends. And Kellyanne spoke more about Meryl Streep's remarks when Trump was supposedly making fun of the disabled reporter. And, you know, this is an old story. It's been debunked several times. It's fake news. Yet Meryl Streep brings it up again because it's Hollywood, the land of everything fake. Fake roles, fake breasts, fake I mean, more breasts. Uh, but here's what Kellyanne Conway, here's, here was her response on Fox and Friends yesterday morning, just, just hours after the Golden Globes. I'm glad that Meryl Streep has such a passion for the disabled because I didn't hear her way in and I didn't hear her even use her platform last night, Ainsley, to give a shout out to the mentally challenged boy who last week was tortured live on Facebook for half an hour by four young African-American adults who were screaming racial and anti-Trump expletives and forcing him to put his head in toilet water. This is important to note because while Meryl Streep contends that she is for the victims, and in this case, the disabled, she didn't mention anything at all about the boy who was attacked and kidnapped and bound and gagged and yelled at and called names and had his face shoved in the toilet and whose scalp was cut for no other reason than being disabled and being a Trump supporter and also being white. And that kind of myth, for whatever reason, Meryl Streep didn't read that headline. She only saw the headline about Donald Trump supposedly making fun of a disabled reporter from several years ago. And that's the point that she decided to make. But Kellyanne Conway brilliantly said, look, if this is really a concern of yours, how about we talk about the real crime? How about we talk about the real people who are offended by this? Let's talk about that. Here's what else she had to I say. I think where there is self-pity, a lot more self-awareness would do them some charm. I'm talking about how vilified poor yes, Hollywood right. is mm -hmm. in their gazillion dollar gowns. Can I borrow a couple of those from the inaugural? <laughs> right. But you're right. That should have been bigger. That's what she said. Anyway, uh, Kellyanne Conway, where there is self-pity, a lot more self-awareness would do them charm in their gazillion dollar gowns. And that is true. For whatever reason, Hollywood is is pitying themselves beyond compare. They have so much self-pity there when really you should you should look at yourselves and say, wow, we've accomplished so much. We've done so much. We can touch and enrich so many lives. Instead, they stand up there and they say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to continue to tear down the political system, the millions of the majority of geographical America who voted for Donald Trump. And of course, uh, the, uh, the, you know, uh, the people 
um, in the MMA and in the NFL. By the way, no one in the NFL that I could think of really took the time to respond because I just don't think they care. I think they know that they're better than Hollywood. I think they know that they are uh, more in tune with reality. I'll tell you, any football player, any football coach from the cities where football is played, they know what America is really like. They're fresh out of college. They have friends who are who are from the inner cities, from, from the country, from Texas and Georgia and New York. They're from all over the place. They grew up where these Hollywood stars have never even been. They just fly over. And they've brought themselves, they've really pulled themselves up from their bootstraps to become smashing successes on the football field and in life. And it's shocking to me that she would get up there and make fun of them. And, you know, a lot of Hollywood actresses are married to football players, players. Carrie Washington, for example. I can't pronounce her husband's name, but he's a football player. He's a great football player, man of great character. It, it puts on a great show. Carrie Washington, one of the most beloved actresses in Hollywood. I wonder what her response was. I wonder what her response was to Meryl Streep's comments. Probably, probably she didn't say anything because you can't cross Meryl Streep in, uh, in Hollywood or else. That's the end of your career. Tucker Carlson also, who, by the way, Tucker Carlson's first night at nine o'clock was on Monday. Just again, the day after the Golden Globes, he took Megyn Kelly's spot because Megyn Kelly went to NBC to do, I don't know, every single job on that network. So Tucker Carlson, his first day on the job, he does, first of all, the, the, the other thing is everybody had him on to promote the new show, Tucker Carlson Tonight at nine. So he was there on Fox and Friends. And uh, here's what he had to say the morning uh, right after the Golden Globes while promoting his new show about what Meryl Streep it said. It annoys me that she gets away with pretending to be some sort of outcast or outsider. I mean, she's literally the opposite of that. She's Meryl Streep. She's one of the most famous people in the world, one of the best paid people in the world. You're not an outsider. Please, you're not a victim. And when rich people get to describe themselves as victims, as the president, this, the current oh. president of the United States often does, I don't know. It devalues the term. I got really excited there for a second. This is this is genius, by the way. Tucker Carlson is really, a, I mean, bravo to Fox News. This is a great choice. This is a great choice. What he says here is incredibly poignant and important. By, say, by saying, uh, by rich people describing themselves as victims, it devalues the term victim. And the real victims are basically pushed aside and we can all so that we can all focus on the victimized press, the victimized rich people. The press, I'd like to point out what the press, the press com complains that they are victims when they are not told where Donald Trump is going for steak, when they are not told that he's going to play golf, when they don't get to fly with him on his private jet, when they uh, you know don't get to sit in the front of the air conditioned room at the White House, when they are shuffled around and their offices uh, aren't close enough to the press room when they uh, their Wi-Fi is cut off. These are the major. This is what makes the press victims. When people at rallies yell at them, I'm sorry, you got yelled at. That makes you a victim. It's ridiculous that anyone in Hollywood or anyone in the media or organization would consider themselves a victim, especially since the press go out there and they ask pointed questions that are meant to anger people. I mean, if anything, the press should be applauding themselves when people get angry at them. They should be saying, oh, I did my job. I, and I asked a question that was biased and pointed, and I was trying to solicit or elicit a specific negative response, and I got it. But instead, they do the opposite. They complain that they're being victimized and that Donald Trump is inciting anger against them. No, you're inciting anger against yourself. So stop complaining about it. 
If you're going to incite anger against yourself, you got to be a big boy. you got to put on your big boy pants, and you've got to make sure that you can handle it. Uh, Tucker Carlson later that day, because again, still promoting his show, appeared on The O'Reilly Factor. And here's what else he had to say about Hollywood. Hollywood is a business. It's a mass market retail business. Do they understand their customers? They seem to hate them, which is striking to me. That's maybe one of the reasons Hollywood's in trouble financially. I have to tell you. Tucker Carlson is like, I think I have like a man crush on Tucker Carlson because the dude's got it all. The dude's got it all. He's got the number one spot on television, snappy dresser, well-spoken, intelligent, comes up with brilliant points. I mean, if I were going to have like a bromance, like a, like a, um, like an Adam Levine, who's the guy from The Voice, the country guy that was married to the country girl. What's his name? Uh, Shelton, Blake Shelton, Adam Levine type bromance. I would want it to be with Tucker Carlson because, well, he's richer than I am, so he could pay whenever we go out. But the guys, I mean, he is exactly, he's going to do so well in the Trump era because he can take what's going on in the country and he can show you exactly how it pertains to real life. And the real life, the fact of the matter that Meryl Streep and everyone else in Hollywood needs to realize is that they are in the business, the entertainment business. What was it? Uh, what was the line from Jerry Maguire? It ain't show friends, it's show business, 100%. And if you don't make money, guess what? There's going to be no awards. In fact, think about this. Meryl Streep is busting on the NFL and the MMA, mixed martial arts, okay? Fighting is basically what that is. It's kung fu fighting. It's karate. It's Krav Maga. It's kickboxing. It's fighting. It's you training, your, getting your body in peak physical condition. I'm, this is all hearsay, by the way. I have no idea about peak physical, uh, physical condition, conditioning, exercise, or fighting successfully. Those are all foreign concepts to me. I sit in the chair for eight hours a day yelling at a camera. But there are people out there who dedicate their entire lives to the art of fighting and fitness, which is what it is, of self-defense and fitness. Those are two very important things, and people take it as seriously as Meryl Streep takes her acting. So seriously uh, do they take it, in fact, that I, I, I looked at a list of the top grossing films of the year. This is 2016, okay? Top grossing films of 2016. Number one was Finding Dory. Animated film about a fish, very little fighting in there. Number two, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which starred, or one of the characters was, an Asian blind Jedi who was a martial artist and thwarted stormtroopers galore with simply a staff, the force, and his physical body. Mixed martial arts playing a huge part in that film made $477 million to date. Captain America, Civil War, didn't see it, but I saw the previews every single minute of that movie. Somebody is fighting. It's all about physical fitness and mixed martial arts and boxing and jumping on things and the art of self-defense. Uh, number four, The Secret Life of Pets. All right, take that out of the mix too. The Jungle Book, Deadpool, another one, Zootopia. Zootopia, by the way, the only film that was a top grossing movie of the year and also a winner of a Golden Globe, one for best animated film. Batman versus Superman. That movie is all about fighting. That movie is all about defending oneself and others. That movie has more in common with mixed martial arts and the NFL than any other film of the year. Uh, number nine, Suicide Squad. I could go on and on. Number 10, Doctor Strange. I mean, Jason Bourne, Star Trek Beyond, X-Men Apocalypse, Kung Fu Panda 3. 
That is literally martial arts is in the title of that film. Kung Fu Panda 3 made $143 million. So you tell me, Hollywood, are you sure that Americans wouldn't just rather sit around watching MMA in the NFL? Are you 100% positive about that? Because the gross receipts from your movies would tell us otherwise. In fact, as I look down the top list here of 20, the top 20 films is where I stopped, not a single Meryl Streep movie in the bunch. La La Land, nowhere to be seen. What was the other one? I mean, all these movies, they get nominated and win these awards. The only reason these movies can ever get made in the first place, the only reason there's budget left over for Meryl Streep and everyone else to make their frou-frou films that nobody wants to go see but all the critics love, the only reason that happens is because everybody else is going out to see movies about fighting and animated films. If it's not a kid watching a story about a fish trying to find her family, then it's somebody else taking their wife or their girlfriend on a date to watch somebody kick somebody else's ass. And that's where all the money comes from in Hollywood. So let's, I'll be honest with you. If, if, if Meryl Streep went away and La La Land went away and everybody else in that room, if everybody in the Golden Globes audience left Hollywood, if they were all deported, if Donald Trump got rid of it, whatever she thinks is going to happen to them, we would be okay. There, we would still have all the movies that we want to see. And on top of that, we could go home and watch MMA on pay-per-view and catch a football game. I, I mean, again, it's very exciting. It's very interesting stuff. So Tucker Carlson hits the nail on the head. Again, this is why I, why, this is why he's my man crush. Tucker Carlson hits the nail on the head. It's a business and people like Meryl Streep, she just doesn't understand her customer base. She doesn't understand the people that keep her employed. And a lot of Hollywood folks are feeling the burn. The studios are, are, are not succeeding the way they used to. They're not feeding the beast. Now, some of them are. I saw pre, I was watching, this is funny. I was watching football last night because that's what us dumb red state Americans do. I was watching Alabama and Clemson, Clemson, South Carolina, another red state. I was watching these two red state teams battle it out on the gridiron. And it was a fantastic game. And the, the amount of heart and athleticism and stamina and, and, and thought processes that went into those plays and executing. And I mean, I'll talk about a finish, man. Talk about a Hollywood finish for that game. First thing I saw on Twitter today was some dude took the final touchdown with one second left to put Clemson above Alabama for the national championship, put it to the tune of uh, uh, Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On from Titanic. And it was brilliant. That made me tear up. That made me want to cry. Not anything Meryl Streep has seen. Meryl Streep is so out of touch with uh, the community of people in the country that really go to the movies. The people, the other thing is, the, the people that she's talking to in Hollywood, they don't even go to see movies. The movies are sent to them. They get little DVDs or little, I guess it's thumbnail drives now. They put them right in their TV. They're called screeners. They watch them at home. They don't go to the 14-seat Megaplex. They don't put on 3D goggles. They have no idea what it's like to stand in line to pay $20 for popcorn and a Coke. They have no clue. Because they're sitting at home in their private screening rooms. That's what they do. That's how Hollywood works. And Meryl Streep is so out of touch that her movies, I'll be honest with you, are, I mean, they're not top grossing films because the real people in the world don't want to see that stuff. However, I felt, you know, as a little service to you and to Meryl Streep, I would... I would remake some of Meryl Streep's movies because remakes are big in Hollywood. So let's, what we've done is we've remade some Meryl Streep films. And these are to be more enticing 
to the people that actually go see the movies. All those people that she is ostracizing, the, the folks that watch MMA and the NFL, everyone who voted for Donald Trump, everyone who thinks, uh, you know, it's okay for him to make fun of a disabled reporter, all of us out there. We, I've made, remade some movies for, uh, for Mer some uh, Meryl Streep movies. Go ahead and share this on Facebook if you haven't yet, because this is, this is where it really gets to go fun. Uh, Mamma Mia. You may remember Mamma Mia. It was a musical. It was one of Meryl Streep's biggest hits of the last 10 years. I thought we would remake that. First of all, you have to take out any reference to the MMA. You have to take out any reference to the MMA because that's mixed martial arts. And so when you get, when you take out the MMA, you're left with Mamma Mia. See, because we got rid of, we got rid of the MMA. Mamma Mia. That would be, that would be the, that would be the remake. See where we're going with this? Okay, good. All right, next, there was a movie that Meryl Streep made, very popular, with uh, Alec Baldwin, another Uber Lib, and it was called It's Complicated. It's Complicated. While taking a page from Donald Trump's book, I thought we would remake that. And to make it more mass market appealing, we change it from It's Complicated to It's Overrated. Because that's pretty much, that's pretty much what all of... That's pretty much what all of them are. The Devil Wears Prada. Personally, my favorite Meryl Streep film. The Devil Wears Prada. But because we want to make sure that we're in line with the feelings and the thoughts of, of modern America and mainstream America, we change it from The Devil Wears Prada to The Devil Wears Whatever Meryl Streep Was Wearing at the Golden Globes. Because for a lot of people, that's, that's how they feel about her today. That's good. That would be a hit, by the way. That would be a mega hit. Uh, about 20 years ago, she did a movie called Postcards from the Edge. Let's remake that one. Postcards from the Edge of Relevance. Because that's where she is. Doubt, a movie about the Catholic Church. Doubt redone for a new era for the NFL fans, for the Republicans in the audience. It, would, it was not a box office success. Critically, it won a ton of Academy Awards, but nowhere near the box office success of Kung Fu Panda and Star Wars Rogue One. So we remake Doubt and turn it into Doubt You'll Ever Be Invited to the White House for a Super Bowl Party. I like that. I mean, I probably won't either. But And then finally... Because this just sums up the feeling of America uh, toward Meryl Streep and her cronies. The bridges of Madison County. I uh, can just simply be uh, the bitches of Los Angeles County. Because I feel like that's I feel like that's probably more appropriate <laughs> more appropriate at this time. All right, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Why are we talking about Meryl Streep? We're supposed to be talking about politics. Well, as Meryl Streep has taught us, uh, politics and entertainment go hand in hand. And Donald Trump himself even tweeted out about it. And you know, and this is I think what really angers people like Meryl Streep. I think it angers people that Donald Trump uh, have the power, to, you know, the president-elect of the country, the new free leader, or the new leader of the free world, has the power himself to sit around and respond to his critics without any, uh, without any kind of filter or without anyone mincing and changing his words around. He has that power and he wields it. And I think that's what annoys him. In fact, he responded with a series of tweets. You know what? I'm not going to read these tweets, but I'm going to have Ashley Webster read these tweets. Ashley Webster from Fox Business News, because he has a British accent and he sounds way better doing it. Uh, here Meryl he is. Streep, one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood, Ooh. doesn't know me, but attacked me last night at the Golden Globe. She is a Hillary flunky, he goes on, who lost big. For the 100th time, I never mocked a disabled reporter would never do that, but simply showed him 
groveling when he totally changed a 16-year-old story that he had written in order to make me look bad. And they bring up a couple points. Elizabeth McDonald was sitting right next to Ashley Webster, again, who I love his, of all the accents on television, if you have a British accent in this country, you can get any media job you want because Americans just love a nice, clean, crisp, uh, jovial British accent. We even, like, we even like the angry ones. We like, we like Cockney. We like Adele. You know why Adele's so popular? Not because she's a great singer. Not because she's a hottie. I mean, those are two major, those are two major keys to her success. But also because when she talks, she's got that Cockney accent. And you know that she's basically, behind all the glitz and glamour, just one of us, uh, only from, you know, 3,000 miles across the ocean. Anyway, here's how Elizabeth McDonald responded to Donald Trump's She just doesn't get it. She doesn't like it either. How does name-calling make America great again? Doesn't that under, undercut Mr. Trump's agenda by doing, responding in ways like That's a good, I mean, I'll be honest with you. How does, uh, she said, how does name-calling make America great again? How does name-calling make America great again? I mean, my question would be like, how does it keep America from being great again? How does it get in, in the way of what Donald Trump wants to accomplish? Because that was here. That was her. Let me play you this other clip. That was her major concern. I mean, it's, it, it demeans himself. You cannot expect people to climb on board with your agenda when your judgment is doing is so poor in making attacks like that. You cannot expect people to climb on board with your agenda when your judgment is so poor in making attacks like that. Really? I find that statement to be one of the most false and most un- intelligent statements I've ever heard. Maybe not unintelligent. Maybe that's because she's probably an intelligent person. That just shows that she's not, I guess, informed. Maybe it's an in, maybe it's an uninformed statement. That's probably a better way to put it. I don't want to resort to name calling. I'm not Meryl Streep. But it's an uninformed opinion because she says you could not expect people to climb on board with your agenda when your judgment is so poor in making attacks like that. Yet here's a man who has gotten the majority of the Electoral College to jump on board with him. Here's a man who got the governor of Indiana, uh, the former mayor of, of New York, the uh, uh, what the former the current governor of New Jersey, a lot of very important and very politically uh, skilled and 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 you know impressive people to climb on board his agenda. Not only that, he got voters by the boatload in Florida, in North Carolina, in places that typically don't jump on board, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, for crying out loud, Michigan. He got all those people to jump on board with his agenda by being brash, by being outspoken, by, by calling people names, Crooked Hillary, Lil Marco, the list goes on and on. And the reason is because, number one, we know he's real. And number two, we are, we are getting a clear and decisive picture of what Donald Trump wants to accomplish. We know his agenda because he's not afraid to tell us in his own words. And since when is just taking an attack, an unwarranted and an, un, uh, you know, an untrue, basically, a false attack, when is taking something like that a sign of greatness? Turn the other cheek. Why? Why should you? When, don't we teach people to stand up to bullies? Isn't that what you, I saw those Hillary Clinton commercials where they tried to portray Donald Trump as a bully and they were like, we need to stand up to the bullies. But when Donald Trump stands up to the bully, 
How come how come all of a sudden he's being unpresidential? How come that doesn't make America great again? America was made great by standing up to bullies. America was made great by a bunch of Americans dressing up like Indians, jumping on a ship and throwing tea into the into the Boston Harbor. America was great by us saying we're not going to be pushed around by your stamp act. You can't tax us on paper and playing cards and everything else that we use in our daily lives. We're not going to stand for it. You're bullying us. You're bullying us, England. And if you don't watch out, we're basically the Revolutionary War is to America as Donald Trump's Twitter is to. Wait, I messed that one up. The uh, the Revolutionary War is to America as Donald Trump's Twitter is to also America. I'll figure it out for tomorrow. I, I promise. I'll get it. I'll make a nice meme once I once I figure it all out. But basically, he's using the weapons. He's revolutionizing the way Americans consume media. He's revolutionizing the way that that. Uh, presidents respond. And sitting back and just taking attacks that are false, letting the media, because in this case, that's all that's all Meryl Streep is. She's the media. She's just a, an, another arm of the media. Uh, by, by letting her attack him and just sitting there and taking it, then what kind of a, I mean, what kind of a, a role model is that? A role model says, don't you take that. Don't you let them talk to you like that. Uh, total side note. Total side note, we had a, there's we have a guy in Jacksonville. He's a lawyer. All right. And his job is to get people who've been drinking and driving off of a DUI. I know it's a slimy job, but somebody's got to do it. And what he does is he prints his name on those disposable bar coasters. You go to the bar and you're like, hey, let me get a Yingling or, you know, let me get a, a Blue Moon or Bud Light, whatever. He puts all his information on the disposable coaster and they lay the disposable coaster down and they put your beer on it and it gets wet and, you know, people advertise on it all the time. Well, he decided he was going to advertise his DUI business on that bar coaster because you put it in your pocket, you drive home, you get pulled over by the cops, you're going to need a lawyer. And he had, you know, a list of things you should do. One of the things, because we had him on the show, one of the things I I never forgot this, he told me is the officers are going to try to say stuff to you but you have every right to to deny what that what they're saying is true. You have every right to argue. And he said it's in your best interest to argue because if you don't argue, they and the judge and ultimately the jury will assume it's true. And he gave a great 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 example of this. He said, "Cops have dash cams, and what they'll do is they'll look at you and say, "Your eyes look bloodshot." Okay? You can't see your eyes. So typically, you'll either come up with an excuse like I'm tired or I just woke up or whatever, or I've been drinking, which is a horrible excuse or, you know, but you could also argue that and just say, no, they don't. Or there's actually nothing wrong with my eyes. My eyes don't look bloodshot. You can say all these things. And now what you're doing is you're you're basically putting doubt in the mind of the jury that what the police officer is saying is true. Police officer can say you smell like booze. And you could say, no, I don't smell like booze because it's just the two of you there and there's no one there to thwart that. And again, I'm not trying to teach you. I'm not saying go drink and drive and say this to a cop and you'll get off because I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a skilled professional of any kind. I'm just saying this is what a lawyer once told me. And it all goes back to Donald Trump. Just because Meryl Meryl Streep gets up and says Donald Trump is a bully, Donald Trump uh, victimizes Hollywood and foreigners and the press, and he makes fun of disabled people, it doesn't make it true. And all Donald Trump's doing when he gets up and tweeting is saying... It's not true. And that's what every single one of us should do. That's a sign of strength. That's a sign of a strong leader to stand up to bullies. I know what you're thinking. Meryl Streep's a bully. Yes. In this instance, she is. 
Also, uh, back to Elizabeth McDonald, you can expect people to climb on board with Trump's agenda because Donald Trump just had an incredible meeting with a guy who is going to bring one million jobs to the United States of America during Trump's term. Uh, let me, I'm, I'm going to tell you about this in a second. First, let me remind you all about the Deplora Box. This thing, I'm going to get to the story in just a second. The Deplora Box. This is, uh, I introduced this yesterday. And by the way, a lot of you went on iTunes because I guess you want the Deplora Box. This is an empty box. I'm going to pack it up. I'm going to take it with me to Washington, D.C. I'm going for, to the inauguration next Thursday and Friday. And while I'm there, I'm going to buy stuff, T-shirts and hats and buttons and pamphlets and flyers and whatever. I'm going to make basically an inaugural care package for this Deplora box. And I'm going to fill it up and I'm going to seal it. And then I'm going to go on iTunes. I'm going to look for this podcast, the Mark K Show podcast on iTunes. And I'm going to look at one of the five-star reviews, one of the people who've left me a, a, a really nice five-star review. And I'm going to find their information. I'm going to send them this Deplora box. Why? Well, because it, the way iTunes works is in order to be on the new and noteworthy section or in order to be, uh, you know, uh, it, it put in a place where other people can find you and you can actually find some growth because we want to grow. We want as many people watching and listening and experiencing and interacting with this podcast and this video and this uh, Facebook Live as possible. I mean, that's the point to, to grow the audience so we can do more good and we can get this message out. So uh, in order to do that, in order to get a place of prominence in iTunes, you have to be subscribed to listen to. And very importantly, you have to have a lot of positive, positive reviews. And all of that has to happen in a very small window, a very short period of time. If you can get all that done in a short period of time, then you skyrocket up the list. You're putting the new and noteworthy and uh, great things happen. We've already, we've broken the top 100. We started, I mean, we weren't even on the list. Now we're in the top 100, thanks to you guys. And a lot of you, there's a link, by the way, uh, right up here. If you look at the description of this video, there's a link. If you're on YouTube, it's below. Um, but there's a description in, uh, there's a link in the description to my iTunes page. Click on that, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and that's how you are entered to win the Deplora Box. That's how you are entered to win the Deplora Box. And then when I get back from DC, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to tape this thing up full of all the stuff. I'm even going to leave, the, I'm not going to even take this, like it's going to come to you, it's going to look like this. And I would love for you to send me a photo or video of when you're unboxing it so that everyone can experience what's inside. I don't even know what's going to be in there because I'm not even there yet. I get there on Thursday. I'm going to be there Friday, wandering around, buying crap from vendors, watching Donald Trump get inaugurated. And uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so much fun. But like I said, it, it, people ask me what's going to be in I'm like, I have no idea. In fact, I talked, I, I threw around the idea of Facebook living and, and Instagramming while I was there to get you guys to choose what you want me to put in there. And I may still do that, but, but please, even, even if you don't want the Deplora box, it would help the rest of us. If you visit iTunes and make sure that you write a, a review, if you're listening to this on iTunes, if you're, if you're like, wait a minute, I'm, I already subscribed. I'm listening to this podcast. Thank you so much. Please take a moment to also make sure that you rate and review it so that we can continue uh, to make awesome things happen. All right. So let's talk about Jack Ma. Jack Ma. If you guys don't know, Jack Ma is the Jeff Bezos of China. There is a company called Alibaba. In China. Wait, I think I have... Let me get back to my... I have Asian music. Let me... I, maybe I can play that. And maybe I can use it again. Here we go. So there's a guy named Jack Ma. And he is the Jeff Bezos of, of Asia, of China. Really of the rest of the world. What he's done is he's created a company called Alibaba. And Alibaba started as a wholesale company. Alibaba started as a wholesale company. If you wanted, let's say, these. This is, this is a remote control 
for uh, for a, a light switch, right? Like if I turn, watch, if I turn this off, my light goes off. You plug it in, you can plug anything, any electrical appliance, a blender, uh, a computer, a vibrator, whatever you want. Anything with a plug can go into this and it's, all, and it's remote controlled. That's what I do with mine. I use it for my light. And let's say these cost 50 cents to make. You can go on Alibaba and you can buy them wholesale. You could buy like a thousand of them for 50 cents each or 75 cents each. And then you could sell them elsewhere for $12, which is I think what I paid, and you can make yourself a boatload of cash. So Alibaba started as an online wholesale site. And fun fact, a lot of folks who are Amazon retailers will order from Alibaba. They'll order these items that are wholesale and then they'll resell them on Amazon. And now what uh, what they're doing with Alibaba is they're making it more of a mainstream retail. They're competing with Amazon. And Jack Ma, who is the CEO, and I mean, a billion, you want to talk about rich dudes, richest dude in China. I'm pretty sure richest dude in all of Asia. This guy, I mean, billionaire. And he's and he's one of those guys who's interested, just like most billionaires are, in taking their money and reinvesting in jobs and growth and technology and just making the world better. Or in this case, making America great again. Very key phrase there. Uh, so he met with Donald Trump. Pres this is from CNBC. President-elect Donald Trump's meeting with Alibaba founder and executive chairman Jack Ma on Monday was brilliant. This is CNBC describing it as brilliant, but not for the obvious reason of making him look good for being part of a conversation about creating one million jobs. What's really smart about it is that it puts China on its heels. Listen to this. This is important. Trump and Beijing have been engaged in a back-and-forth rattling of sabers from the minute Trump won the election. This is true. This is true. Donald Trump has openly attacked Twitter uh, on Twitter China and Russia and everybody. Everybody. Uh, he also took that phone call from the Taiwanese president. That was another big thing. Anyway, Ma comes in. He represents something much more dangerous to China than Taiwan ever could. An idea. In this case, the idea of individualism. And the fact that Ma and Trump discussed the even more individualistic topic of global small business entrepreneurship puts an exclam exclamation point on it all. This is why... China will lose in the end because everybody knows, everybody knows the way that people become stronger and countries become richer. I'm not talking about elites. I'm not talking about the Clintons. I'm not talking about communist leaders. They work in a totally opposite frame of mind, but everyone else in, in, in democratically run republics, in, uh, you know, in countries that are capitalistic like we are, the way that everybody else gets more money and the way countries become richer is by giving more individuals more cash flow, by creating small businesses. If you want people, if you want the government, for example, to make more money, the way you do it is by having more people pay more taxes. How do you have people, uh, more people pay more taxes? Well, you could raise their taxes, which is awful, or you could have them start businesses, create more jobs, get higher pay, earn more, open up new markets so that these people can sell more products, and then they have more money, they're taxed the same amount, but because there's more of it flowing in, the government gets a bigger cut, and voila, all of a sudden, the government's cashing in. That's the capitalist system at work. That's what Donald Trump and Jack Ma are trying to accomplish. One million new jobs. Jack Ma wants to invest because a lot of these people who are building companies and building these online businesses and, and small businesses in the United States will be buying products from him. 
Don't get, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's not just doing this out of the goodness of his own heart. Neither is Donald Trump. Everybody wants to make money. And the one rule about capitalism, again, socialists won't tell you this. Barack Obama won't tell you this. He'll tell you that if someone's making money, someone else is losing money. False. Lie. Totally untrue. If in a capitalist society, if somebody is making money the right way, it's because they're helping somebody else make money. That's exactly how it works. That's why, I mean, when you, you look at your bank, people are always vilifying the banks. If a bank loans you money to buy a house or start a business, the reason they do it is because they are helping you make more money and you can pay them back with interest. Banks do not like to foreclose on your home. It does them no good. They don't want to own real estate. They don't want to own office equipment from your failed business. They want you to pay them back interest on the money that you, you borrowed to start that business. That's how they make money. That's how they get rich. It is in no one's best interest for you to fail as a business owner in a capitalist society. In a socialist society, flip it around. Socialists make money when other people fail and become reliant on the government. Because then what little you have left, if you invest a million dollars in a business and you lose all but 100,000 and the bank's taking your, your, your computers and your offices and you, have a, and you don't have any money for healthcare, you don't have any money for food, you don't have any money for education for your kids and the government says, you know what, just give us that $100,000, we'll take care of the rest, you're more likely to do it because you're scared and you're broke and you're not sure what the future holds in store and everyone else is doing it, so I might as well too. That's how it works. And so that's why it's such a horrible system. Jack Ma in China, a Chinese businessman for the first time in, in probably decades is coming to the United States and offering to bring jobs to the U.S. When for decade after decade after decade, jobs, manufacturing, shipping, all of that have been being outsourced to China and to Asia. It's amazing. Donald Trump hasn't even taken office and he's already, again, he's making America great again. All right, we got to wrap it up because it's already 1242. Holy cow. Listen, tonight, President Obama, one of the greatest moments in American political history, will be giving his farewell address from Chicago. I, for one, will be watching. I'm going to crack open a bottle of wine, maybe a couple cold ones, pop some popcorn, get in my jammies, curl up on the couch, tell everyone, turn off my cell phone, and I'm going to be watching that speech with a smile on my face from this year to this. You can't see it because of the headphones. Look, from this year to this year, that's how big I'm going to be grinning. And if you don't believe me, uh, just watch tomorrow. I'm sorry I didn't get a, a chance to... Uh, Sorry, I didn't get a chance to, to read some of your comments, but I put, you know what I'll do? I'll go through them. And tomorrow, what I'll do is I'll pick out some of the great comments. And as we go through the speech, um, I'll make sure I pepper those in too. Don't forget, iTunes, go there now, subscribe to the podcast, download it, listen to it. And most importantly, write that review, leave that five-star review so that we can continue to climb up the list. I'm Mark Kay. Obama Day. It's over tonight. I hope you'll be watching. This is that awkward moment where I forgot to turn off the, uh, <laughs> where I forgot to turn off the video again. Hold on. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Here we go. Uh, it's somewhere. Oh, crap. It's somewhere. You know what? I'm just going to do this. So long. <laughs>